Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. Once again, I am Wildcat Authority Senior Editor Jason Shear, and uh, you know we got a big game on Saturday. Well, I shouldn't say we. I'm not playing, but Arizona fans have a uh, a big game on Saturday uh, between Arizona and USC. As it stands now, Arizona is a nine and a half point underdog, uh, which is quite a bit. Uh, bigger than Arizona was at home to Washington. If Arizona was on the road, it probably would have been the the same thing. Uh, Washington beat USC by two touchdowns at home. Um, you know, if you believe in the whole uh, you know, one team and comparing all that. And uh, but you know, in reality, um, there's not a lot of power to that in college football, as we've seen. But Arizona, either way, has a difficult football game. Uh, ahead of it uh, against the USC Trojans as it looks to avoid a two-game losing streak. And really, Arizona's schedule right now is is brutal. It doesn't get any easier at Stanford. And, and although Stanford's not a great team, going at Stanford in that type of matchup against a team that Arizona doesn't match up great with uh, won't be easy. Uh, with that being said, we're going to obviously take a look at the USC game. A uh, couple things that I think stand up stand out about this game and and the first is that although this isn't your normal USC team USC is three and three to their credit they've played a very difficult schedule um, USC is is three and three it's not your Reggie Bush USC team as uh, a couple players mentioned to us this week um, one of those players was Trevon Mason who kind of said you know he uh, he grew up watching USC and all that but um, you know, it's not the USC that other people grew up on. But with that being said, um, this team is not looking at USC lightly. Uh, there's quite a few Southern California kids on this team. Guys like Khalil Tate, guys like J.J. Taylor, Cedric Peterson, Colin Schooler, Chase Whitaker, uh, Christian Roland Wallace, who had an offer from USC. Uh, there are... Uh, quite a few guys that are from California that weren't even recruited by USC. And some of them will admit it on record, some of them won't, but that is 100% a factor in this game. These guys go into the Coliseum wanting to, to show off in front of their friends and family, wanting to show USC what they're missing, etc., etc. Whether or not USC is 3-3, three and 6-0, three, and oh, Oh and six, it doesn't matter. There's always that little extra edge that you see when you're talking uh, to Arizona players about USC. And I don't know how Kevin Sumlin is handling it, uh, but Rich Rod used to just straight up say, "Hey, look, uh, USC didn't think you guys were good enough. I think you guys are good enough. USC didn't think you guys are good enough. Let's prove them who's right." Blah 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 blah. All right, and then, and for some kids it works, for some kids it's a non-factor, um, but I don't think motivation will be an issue on Saturday. And to be fair, I don't think motivation has been an issue with this Arizona team all season. I think Kevin Sumlin does a fine job making sure that this team is generally ready to play. I know there have been slow starts on the road in the past. Uh, Kevin Sumlin talked about it going into the Colorado game and said, hey, look, the past is the past. Things are different. This is a more mature team. This is a different team. This is my second year. And uh, his words did not ring hollow. Arizona looked like a much different team against Colorado. Uh, against Hawaii, it got off to that slow start. So it remains to be seen what kind of start Arizona gets off to 
this weekend. I will say that I think a slow start uh, would be damning for for Arizona. I think it has to get off to a legitimate start. Um, it doesn't have to score on its first possession or any of that, but needs to get off to a start where it can kind of establish a tempo and at least, you know, before you know it, Arizona's not down 14 to nothing against the USC team that has a ton of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so, uh, starting fast is obviously a big deal for Arizona. Um, you talked to the offensive players. They said it. Cedric Peterson is a guy where, you know, we asked him, you know, when you watch the Washington film, how do you fix that? And he said a lot of what their offense does uh, is about tempo. Um, it, it just it comes down to tempo and basically making sure that instead of second and ten, they have second and six, second and five, four, etc., making it easier on themselves because – Let's be clear, Noel Mazzoni's offense is predicated on tempo, and when Arizona is not able to go tempo, uh, it has a difficult time scoring the ball. When it's in a rhythm and able to go fast and really get the defense on its heels, lack of substitutions, things like that, that Arizona defense, especially with that run game, um, can be very dangerous. Looking at the overall game itself, the first thing that really jumps out is... I don't know how Arizona is going to stop USC. I think that Arizona is going to score points on USC. I would be surprised if it is the offense that struggles. I just don't know how they're going to stop the Trojans. Because even when USC is struggling, it's scoring the ball. Like The offense hasn't been uh, an issue for the Trojans. I mean, you take a look at their schedule. Uh, they still scored, you know, 31 against Fresno. They scored 45 against Stanford. BYU, not great, 27. Uh, 30 against a solid Utah defense. Washington, they struggle, but Washington's defense is really good. And then 27 against Notre Dame. Um, and, of course, they had all the issues with the quarterbacks, etc. Um, Slovis, starting quarterback from Arizona that both Arizona schools didn't offer. Think about that. That the starting freshman for quarterback for USC, freshman, true freshman, was not offered by ASU or Arizona. And to be honest, I'll go on record as saying that I didn't think it was such a bad idea that the Arizona schools didn't offer. Um, you know, I like Grant Goodell quite a bit. Maybe he winds up being better than Slovis. I don't know. ASU obviously has Jaden Daniels. Maybe he winds up better than Slovis. I don't know. But when you have an in-state guy, um, you know, there's questions. Slovis is, is completing a ridiculous. It is a ridiculous 75% of his passes. Uh, he has 987 yards on the season. He has thrown four picks, uh, but he does have seven touchdowns. Um, he's not a runner. He is just a straight-up air raid type of passer. Um, there's other quarterbacks on the roster. Obviously, Matt Fink uh, is another quarterback. Should something happen, that they'll go to. But Slovis is clearly their best option uh, right now. Um, the thing about Slovis is that while he can make deeper throws, like he's not terrible at the deeper throws, um, the air raid, the, the type of Graham Harrell offense that he's asked to run uh, doesn't require him to make these crazy deep throws. Um, basically, uh, it, it's a situation where um, he, he's, he's asked to kind of uh, make the throws that uh, I don't want to say come easy, but he kind of takes what the defense gives him. He's had long throws. I mean, against BYU, he had the 60-yarder, 38 Notre Dame, etc. Um, but 
he he's not going to go and and kind of sling it all over the field deep. Uh, Jacob Eason is a guy where you know he threw it on a string. Uh, I don't necessarily think that Slovis is going to be that guy, as talented as Slovis is. Um, so with that being said. Uh, obviously, like I mentioned, he's he's really good. I mean, against Stanford, he threw for 377 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He did struggle uh, at BYU, um, did struggle a little bit uh, against uh, Fresno, not Fresno, sorry, Notre Dame uh, a, a little bit um, at times. But really, I mean, at Notre Dame, you're throwing for 255 and two touchdowns. Uh, you're fine with that. Um, home games is where he's he's had his success. Uh, Fresno, he was good enough through a pick. That was his first career action. Uh, BYU was his worst game of the season. That's on the road. I don't think that is is a coincidence. Um, so he's a, a guy that uh, he, he can make Arizona pay. If Arizona's not tackling, if the corners aren't covering, etc. And what they'll do is they'll stress Arizona in space. Those safeties have to play well. It'll be interesting to to see what defensive formation uh, Marcel Yates goes with, but we'll, we'll kind of get to that uh, in a minute. Uh, rushing, it's going to be interesting with USC on the ground. Vavai Malape is is out with an injury. He's been their top back. Uh, 87 carries, double the amount of carries as the nearest back. So what you're going to see is a little bit more of a uh, marquee step. Uh, the thing with him is that he's not in great shape, if you believe what the USC coaching staff says. Um, that's why his carry number isn't bigger. Um, you know, against Washington, he had six yards of carry. Against Notre Dame, he had eight yards of carry, but he only had ten carries each of those games. Had three against Utah, nine BYU, three against Stanford. Um, he is six foot, 235 pounds. He is a very large man. <laughs> and, and so... He's the type of guy where if Arizona doesn't wrap up, he'll just carry a few defenders uh, on his back and kind of gain those extra yards. So Arizona's going to really have to make sure to wrap him up, and it's going to need to gang tackle and get some help, or else he's going to have a successful day. Uh, the thing with him is I'm really curious to see how many carries he gets, uh, if he gets the 10 carries or uh, if they're able to give him 15 or even 20. My guess is he probably gets somewhere in between that 12-15 range, and then we see a little bit more of Steven Carr, uh, the other running back on the roster, who Arizona fans should know uh, by now because he's had success against the Wildcats in the past. Hasn't been great this season. Um, last season, he had 14 carries for 80 yards against Arizona. Uh, the season before that, only 3 for 10. But um, this season hasn't been great really all that good had a nice game against washington uh seven carries 94 yards had that 60 yard run notre dame he was decent but hasn't had a game all year where he's got to more than 10 carries now the thing is uh, part of that is uh part of that is the running back situation and part of that is uh the overall just the offense that USC runs. I mean, the reality is with Graham Harrell and the air raid, whether it's a true air raid or not, um, they're not going to run the ball a ton. Now, do they come and line up against Arizona and see some weaknesses and run the ball 30 times? Probably not. I mean, the Arizona, and Colin Schooler mentioned it the other day, Arizona is preparing for USC to come and throw the ball. That is what they believe that USC is going to do. Why is USC going to throw the ball? Because their group of receivers uh, is a joke. <laughs> I mean, they, I would, I think Alabama probably has the best group of receivers in the country. It's not like USC is uh, is far behind. Michael Pittman Jr. leads USC with 39 catches, 530 yards, four touchdowns. 
Um, hasn't done great the last two games. Had only 29 yards against Notre Dame, only 64 yards, but had a touchdown against Washington. But against Utah, he had 10 catches for 232 yards and a touchdown. That's BYU, nine catches, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he is legit. Um, 6'4", big kid. Arizona has to find a way to, to kind of figure him out. I wouldn't be surprised if Christian Roland Wallace gets the nod on that one. Uh, Tyler Vons is going to be across from him. Complete stud also. 35 catches, 461 yards, three touchdowns. Has struggled a bit the last three games, but with that being said, even though he only has four catches in each of those three games, so uh, 12 total, and hasn't had 50 yards in each of those three games, he still has two touchdowns. He's still dangerous. Um, and then uh, they also have Amonara St. Brown, who has uh, 32 catches, 350 yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, had 112 yards against Notre Dame and a touchdown. Utah played well, five catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Um, and then, uh, you know, it, it makes sense to add, mention the tight end, Eric Kromenhoek, uh solid tight end. This guy where he, you know, five catches against Notre Dame and really only one or two catches, I believe, in each of the other games. But uh, as we've seen, Arizona at times can be susceptible to opposing tight ends, and it wouldn't be surprised if USC gets him uh, involved in the action a little bit more. So Arizona defensively, it'll be interesting. You know, my guess is that Marcel Yates rushes three and drops other guys into coverage. Uh, that hasn't necessarily been the best strategy against this type of offense. Uh, but, you know, maybe he, he has confidence because they have the Christian Roland Wallace's and the Bobby Wolves. They have more depth at the cornerback position. So maybe the reason it hasn't worked in the past is simply because he didn't have the players that he felt were, were necessary in order for it to work in the past. Um, maybe he's aggressive and he's his freshman quarterback. Let's go get him because if we don't go get him, if you give Slovis too much time, Arizona's got no chance. Like, I think Arizona's corners, Whitaker and Burns, have been fine this season. I think the biggest weakness is the complete lack of pass rush and the play of the safeties. I don't think Scotty Young has played well at all uh, this season unless he's in the box. But if he's in the box, obviously he's not in coverage. Um, and it's when he's in coverage that he struggles. So, Arizona, I just I don't see a path to the defense having a really good game. Uh, in this one, I think if Arizona is going to win against USC, it's going to be the type of situation where they're going to have to outscore them and kind of just go up and down and, and, and score the ball um, and really get that offense going. Uh, I just think that the Trojans present too many problems for USC on offense. Um, you know, maybe Arizona gets lucky and Clay Helton takes control of the offense and and puts, you know, it's really like kind of what David Shaw does a little bit where he doesn't go for the kill and he lets the other team uh, hang around. I think Clay Helton has done that uh, too many times in his career. Um, and, and so that's something to watch out for. Uh, offensively, um, because I've mentioned that Arizona is going to have to score some points, um, I Check out wildcatauthority.com on the front page. I did a podcast on the quarterback situation, so there's not a lot of need to discuss that. Um, I still think that situation is somewhat up in the air. Uh, I'm assuming Khalil Tate is going to start, but I'll say that I wouldn't be surprised at all um, if Grant Cannell makes the start. I, I really think that is a legitimate possibility. Based on what I'm hearing at the time of recording this, which is Wednesday afternoon, it could change uh, tonight, it could change tomorrow, uh, we'll see. But I do think that there is a legitimate possibility that there has been some discussion about Grant Gunnell starting, and if not starting, then at least playing quite a bit uh, on Saturday. So, 
What does Arizona have to do to score on USC? Well, no matter who starts at quarterback, USC has some major injury problems. Uh, they're going to be out without at least two corners, three corners. Um, so you're going to see Arizona maybe take some more shots than it normally would. You're going to see Nomazoni test the boundaries and kind of establish the edge. The one consistent with Mazzoni is that he likes to establish the edge. He tried to do it against Washington and couldn't do it. Washington did a really nice job of sending guys on the edge in a contain and then blitzing guys up the middle, forcing the quarterback, at that time Khalil Tate, out of the pocket and right into a waiting defender. Uh, maybe USC does the same thing. Maybe Clancy Pendergast isn't good enough to do the same thing. I don't know. It makes sense for that to be the strategy. But either way, Noel Mazzoni is going to look to establish the edge and kind of work from there. Um, so you're going to see those younger corners on USC tested in space, um, and, and we're going to see if they can make those plays. If they can't, you're going to see Arizona really attack them. If they can, um, then obviously they'll kind of have to look elsewhere. I, you know, I could talk about the passing game, but the fact of the matter is that even though USC's defense isn't great this year and they tend to give up the big play, I still don't see Arizona winning this game until uh, it can establish the run. Uh, Arizona has to establish the run in this game. Guys like J.J. Taylor have to get going and, and really establish the run early in that game. Uh, I, I just think that Arizona, it's difficult to imagine them winning this USC game unless they could run the ball. Uh, I think it's just really that simple. That And I don't want to put it all on J.J. Taylor. I just think he's the best running back on the roster. Uh, but they have to run the ball. They have to establish the run because let's say Khalil Tate is the quarterback we've seen, except for Colorado, who just has a flat-out awful defense, that Khalil Tate's not the dude to drop back and throw 40 passes a game. You don't want him doing that. Uh, you want Arizona to run the ball, him to run the ball, which we don't know if he'll do. Um, and, and if it's Grant Ganella at quarterback, you're asking a freshman to go on the road against a, a town to USC squad and throw more often than not, um, and it's just a difficult situation. So I just think that if Arizona can't establish the run, you're making life so difficult for the Arizona quarterbacks, and then what you'll see is you'll see USC kind of dial up the pressure and kind of lose respect for Arizona's offense as they should in that type of situation, and you'll see guys, um, sorry, you'll see guys, you'll see USC players uh, really try to attack Arizona in that backfield and maybe take a few more chances uh, because they don't respect the run, and Arizona's offense is clearly at its best when that run game is established, when the opposition respects the run game. Um, you know, in a way, Arizona's offense is better when other teams are putting and loading the box because it opens up the edges. I don't think Mazzoni minds when teams load the box because it allows his quick screens to Cunningham, Castile, and etc. to work. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see the way the offense, and the reason I'm not spending a ton of time on the offense is because even though this game is obviously played on both sides of the ball, I just think that it comes down to the defense. Um, you know, when I'm talking about my keys to the game, uh, number one is defense, two is defense, and three is defense. Uh, I just, it, it's hard to outscore USC. Um, USC is going to score some points. It's a matter of, okay, what defense are we going to see? Are we going to see the first half against Washington where the Wildcats were great on the defensive side of the ball? Or are we going to see the second half where they got kind of disheartened a little bit uh, after Washington started scoring? Um, and that's another key. I mean, if USC scores early, that Arizona defense can't give up. And it gave up against Washington. Uh, the body language said it. Players pretty much admitted it when we talked to them on Tuesday. The defensive hole 
body language was just awful in that second half. And Tony Fields was one of the guys that talked uh, to his teammates about it. Uh, and really, it was a situation that they strongly uh, addressed, strongly addressed um, throughout the week. So, keys to the game. Uh, defense, number one. Number two, penalties. You can't give USC any extra opportunities. I don't care what USC's record is. On the road, you, maybe you can get away with it at home. On the road, you can't give teams with USC's offensive firepower uh, more opportunities because at the end of the day, it'll cost Arizona. Arizona's defense got disheartened against Washington because the offense continually and consistently put it in such a bad position where Washington's starting position was the 44-yard line that eventually, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it's acceptable, but the defense kind of says to itself, man, like, what are we supposed to do? You know, like the offense isn't helping us at all. And, and so it goes back to the penalties where if you're the defense, you want to get the offense on the field, you can't give the Trojans those extra chances, especially on the road in a game where USC lost against Notre Dame. There's going to be a little edge, and make no mistake about it, USC is approaching this Arizona game as a game where they could win. And I don't believe the whole they're playing for Clay Helton's job because I think that any reasonable person knows that that situation's already been decided. Clay Helton's not coming back to USC next season. Um, you know, if you lose to Arizona, you'll hear people saying they should tarmac him. I don't think it matters. Win or lose against Arizona, that dude isn't coming back next season. Would be absolutely shocked. Um, but that's probably a different podcast. Uh, another thing is uh, it's, it's going to come down to just pure execution. Like Arizona's execution against Washington, against Colorado, it was, so, it was crisp, it was good offensively. They were doing everything, making the right reads, etc. Against Washington, Jamari Joyner had the fumble, the punt return. Uh, team was, wasn't good. The punting was bad. Khalil Tate's throwing the ball backwards. Uh, wide receivers are dropping balls for Grant Connell late in the game who came in, went 3 of 8, but really should have gone at least 5 for 8. Uh, offensive line missing blocks, etc. That Washington game was the sloppiest game. Arizona lost to Hawaii, but that Washington game was the sloppiest game that the Wildcats have played this season uh, by far. So, with that being said, um, you know, it, it's just, I could probably go on and on <laughs> about the keys to the game because there's so many. And I know it probably feels weird to people because USC isn't the normal USC, but there's so much talent. I mean, like Kevin Sumlin was asked about USC on Monday and his first quote was like, this is USC, right? Like that, that's literally what he said, because this is USC. Like at the end of the day, you want to look at coaching. That's cool. You want to blame Clay Helton? Sweet. I get it. As someone that watches USC quite a bit, grew up in Southern California, I get USC. But at the end of the day, you would trade Arizona's talent for USC's talent. You just would. Um, and, and USC has some injuries, but they have depth. I mean, Arizona loses Chase Whitaker. They're playing a true freshman at corner. Um, and maybe one that wasn't as highly rated, even though I like Christian Rowland and, and Bobby Wolf. Arizona, you know, maybe a better example is Arizona loses Schooler or Fields. Who does it go to? Um, you know, Darian Clark, maybe Davon Coleman, who's a safety. Like there's positions on Arizona where you lose a guy and you don't really know who's next up. I feel like there isn't that situation on USC. So overall time for a prediction. Um, I, I think the spread is about right. Uh, I told the USC site that I, I see it anywhere from a 10 to a 14 point victory. I'll just repeat what happened last time. 
49-35 to USC. I just think that the Arizona defense at the end of the day can't make enough stops. Arizona makes a few too many mistakes, and the Trojans come out with a victory. Uh, I will say that if Arizona is able to win this game, uh, it is a huge victory, in my opinion. Forget the record. You're now talking another win in the Pac-12 South. You're talking a road win. You're talking a win that will give Arizona newfound confidence after it lost to Washington. And you're basically talking about a win where Arizona will look and, and look at it and say, man, we beat USC on the road in the Coliseum, where as bad as Clay Helton is, USC does not lose at home very much, and we beat them in the Coliseum. Like we can, we can beat a lot of teams, and, and that becomes dangerous for uh, Arizona's opposition, and becomes completely beneficial for Arizona itself. So, with that being said, um, I'm going to be making the trip to LA to watch this game. Um, I, I like making the LA road trips, even though they haven't been kind to me when I have made them. Um, last time I made a, an LA road trip uh, was a few years ago. Cody and I drove the morning of, went to lunch, went to the game. Drove home, got home at 7 a.m. was one of the worst travel, if not the worst travel experience uh, of my life. <laughs> so I will never do that again. Uh, so I'm staying in L.A. after the game. Um, but uh, I'm interested in a lot of things, how the quarterback situation is handled, how the defense uh, handles USC, um, you know, overall crowd, etc. cetera. Uh, it'll be a fun one. I, I'm looking forward to it. And, um, again, uh, do me a favor. Uh, tell your friends and family uh, to listen to the podcast, rate us five stars on Apple or wherever you listen to it. Um, you know, we're, we're running a special deal now where if you sign up for Wildcat Authority, the first month is a buck. Um, you know, it's it's just four quarters, you know, so give it a shot. You don't like it, uh, you could cancel wildcatauthority.com. I appreciate you for joining me once again. I'm senior editor Jason Shear, uh, and we'll catch you after the this weekend's football game. <laughs>